In fact, I'm sure a lot of people are mad at me already because this whole morning has been uncomfortable. I felt so sorry for you here for first time today, and we just stuck around a table with somebody. Here, eat. And I know that's uncomfortable. And then a lot of you are just introverts and don't like all the connection and all the mixer and stuff. Well, um, I reside in a world in which you do not. And I'm aware of that. And what I mean is I read a lot of things and a lot of news headlines, a lot of things about the church I'm very interested in. You're not. You don't have any reason to be. But I've noticed a fearful trend in, in the American church. And, and we have inherited a church that places a high priority on comfort and convenience. And I get it. Because you look at the statistics, people are gradually leaving the church. Church attendance is getting to be a smaller and smaller percentage of our population all the time. So we, I'm talking about church leaders, are scrambling to try to find a way to keep people connected and engaged in the kingdom. But here's the truth. The way of Jesus is not comfortable and convenient. In fact, it's very, very hard. But we're trying to find ways still to keep people engaged. Case in point, live streaming. Now, those of you that are joining us online today, I'm grateful. And I hope I don't say anything that offends you, but, but I, I'm struggling with this. There's some really, really good things about putting our church service online. Number one, a lot of people that cannot be here are able to access our worship time together. And I think that's great. Um, live streaming was a, was a godsend at the beginning of the pandemic when we were not allowed to meet together. And then for me, I like to kind of look in on a lot of other services and hear what other pastors are preaching. So I love live streaming. Some of you go to you know, many, many services every week. And I think that's great. But there's some really bad things about live streaming too. Like number one, we're killing Josh. Wearing him out. I can't believe every week when he shows up. I'm so grateful for Josh. But in other words, I need you to know that virtual church is not church. It's a form of church. It's pseudo-church, and I'm grateful. But you need to know that virtual church is not church. In fact, church is not a gathering in a building on Sunday morning at 10.30. Church is... Is the, is the people around the world who have declared followership of Jesus Christ. There are brothers and sisters, churches, people around the world. And one of the f- most important, vital, primary functions of the New Testament church is fellowship or community or relationship. And the, the idea is a group of people on journey together. We've all declared the same objective, and that's to go to heaven. And so while we're here, we're doing this together, and that's what this is about. In the Bible, Hebrews 10, verse 25 says this, Let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. Now, that verse does not fit the narrative of convenient church. Sitting on your couch and watching the service can never provide the need in your life for genuine fellowship. We need to gather. And the biblical perspective was introduced in the New Testament church in Acts chapter 2. When it says this, That church, 3,000 believers, were devoted to the apostles' teaching. Now, I was thinking about that this week. 
the apostles didn't know anything. What are they teaching? In fact, you get your study guide on your way out. They're a bunch of unlearned fishermen. So it was not someone wise standing in front of the people and preaching. That apostle's teaching was a very conversant, interactive dialogue, and they were all learning together. And it was vibrant, and it was exciting. They also were devoted to the fellowship. The Greek word is koinonia, and that is a deep, intimate fellowship. But I believe that genuine koinonia, biblical fellowship, requires proximity. You can't you can't do long distance relationships. In fact, I believe biblical fellowship requires physical touch. That's why the Bible says we lay hands on one another. That's why I often have you join hands so we can connect. We bear one another's burdens. That's about fellowship. And let me also say, because it's my, I always, every time I can take a shot at Facebook, I will. They've redefined friend. Now, some of your friends on Facebook are your friends, but not all of them. They're not. All right, thirdly, that church was devoted to the Lord's table. But it was very different than we understand. As I mentioned earlier, they always did communion around a meal, and they saved the space for Jesus in their meal. And it was very, very communal. They were literally including Jesus. It was never, communion was never intended to become a meaningless ritual. And if we're not really careful, it does. And fourthly, they were devoted to communal prayer. I'm kind of ranting this morning, but also we have made relationship with Jesus personal. And that's not in the Bible. A personal relationship with Jesus is not biblical. It, 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 you're supposed to have an intimate, personal relationship, communion with Him, but our, our faith is shared. We do that together, walking this journey together. And Jesus intended that we worship together and pray together and bear one another's burdens. Here's the truth. None of those vital New Testament church functions, teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread and prayer, can be fully realized online. Now, does that mean we pull the plug on live stream? No, there's value there. But I've got to warn you about the dangers of neglecting our meeting together. You can't stop coming to the gathering. We need each other. We need to touch each other. We've got to encourage each other. Why? Because the day of His returning is drawing near. Have you noticed? All right, let me close with this. We have a biblical directive to be faithful to church when it's not comfortable and when it's not convenient. I had a really precious time just a couple of weeks ago. Years ago, got saved here was in our youth ministry. I haven't seen him in years and years and years. He was in town and we sat down and had a cup of coffee. And Teddy was away from the Lord for years, for a long time, and has recently come back to Jesus. And what happened was his wife started going to church and badgered him. Thank you, Jesus. And so he started going to church with his wife to appease her, and he hated it. It's a great big church in Atlanta, and he said it's very corporate. You don't know anybody. It's very sterile. The, the messages are about making your life better, and he despised the gathering. He said, you know what happened though, Randy? As I went week after week after week, an appetite in my spirit began to develop for Jesus because I was faithful to go to church with the, with the believers. And I think that's huge. 
Every Sunday morning, a guy I follow on Twitter named Andrew Wilson tweets. He said this a couple of weeks ago. God doesn't need your service, but your neighbor does. God doesn't need your money, but your church does. God doesn't need your praises, but your soul does. Come, pour yourself out for the one who needs nothing. Happy Lord's Day. And Matt Smithers said this. If we can't get excited about gathering with God's people in this life, what makes us think we'll suddenly enjoy it in the next? Be faithful to church even when it's not comfortable and convenient. Last little story. i got one minute left. I've got, I've got an iTunes list on my computer that I just have running when I'm working. We're running on shuffle. Some of you know what that means. And I, I've got a thousand songs from every possible... In fact, some of them, people come up and have to turn it off because it's not appropriate. <laughs> but I just had my playlist going this last week and a song came up that, that stirred up all kinds of feelings in me. It was the song, You've Got a Friend in Me. You've got a friend. It's from the original Toy Story movie. And it made me remember sitting on the couch with a grandchild under each arm watching Toy Story and crying like a baby. <laughs> and here's the thing. Now, my, my grandchildren are 6th are and 8th grade now. They're not babies anymore at all. But, but I had this, um, this jealous yearning when I was sitting in my office. And not to see them because we see them all the time. But I'm aware of the world they're growing up in. And I, I just said, Lord, please, please protect them. I want them to have a great experience at school. I want them to go to a church that teaches the Word and know Jesus. I want their parents to be faithful to disciple, disciple and discipline them in a way that they should. And what I'm trying, And I know I can't keep them safe. I can't protect them at all, but I'm praying that God will. What I'm trying to say to you is, I'm your pastor, and I love you. And what I want for you is to be safe in a structure that God designed. Now, is, is, is it possible to be physically safe in this world? No, but you can be spiritually safe. You can live in a place that no matter what happens to your body or your mind, Jesus is with you, walking with you, and caring for you. And that's what I want for you. And that's why we do this. That's why we have stupid bingo games and breakfast together. So we get to know one another. We need to know each other's stories. Jesus, I thank you so much for this amazing idea called the church. I know this is created by you. And I'm so thankful for a group of people that help me walk my life out. Because even though we come and we smile and we pretend like everything's okay, it's pretty hard to live life. Ms. Jana talked about that. Some of the pitfalls and some of the struggles we have in our lives. And, and sometimes it's better not to tell anybody. We feel like we need to keep that to ourselves. But Father, You designed the church where we can confess our sins one to another and pray for each other that we might be healed, James 5.16. We, we thank You for a group of people that genuinely say, how are you? Really. No, really, how are you? And people that care. And we walk with each other week after week after week. What an incredible idea. I thank You for Covenant Life Assembly. And I pray that you continue to help us grow and become what you had in mind for us to be. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I forgot to.